1: all right and welcome to against the mat wrestling podcast i'm one of your co-hosts the kentucky guy along with donnie cage haha how we doing sir i'm doing well sir how, how are you doing oh it's been a decent week decent week i've uh, been pretty busy just got done uh, conducting an interview with a uh, interesting young woman for the other podcast so it's been interesting interesting uh, never, so you're trying to say
0: it's been interesting, is what you, is the point you're trying to get across?
1: I just don't know how to put it into words, but yeah, interesting, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, if this is your first time listening, folks, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button, no matter which platform you're listening to us on. We're on 73 audio platforms, including Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio. Amazon Music, and the list goes on. Also, Mr. Cage does host, co-host, is uh, another podcast. Go ahead and tell them about Uncaged Voice, sir. Thank
0: you, Kentucky Guy. If you'd like to check out the Uncaged Voice podcast, you can check us out on our official YouTube channel. And we are getting ready to premiere a brand new episode this weekend that we recorded last week. Um, so, you, so you can check it out. And uh, it's myself. It's top-tier rated, formerly top-tier Brian and Jigsaw Jester, who co-hosts this podcast.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, you get a chance, get on there and support Mr. Cage and his co-host. Also, if you like to hear different interviews and different people from all walks of life, including authors, entrepreneurs, holistic healers, and the list goes on, or you like to be involved in the day-to-day current news, I do host the Red Pill Current News Podcast, we drop new episodes there every Wednesday and Saturday. Also on this show, we drop new episodes every Monday and Friday. If you ever like to be a guest on Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast, you can always email Donnie or myself at O-L, Kentucky spelled out, 99 at yahoo.com. That's O-L, Kentucky, 99 at yahoo.com. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. We always start every episode off with a uh, segment that uh, Mr. Cage actually put together a while back. It's called My Fantasy Booking. Basically, we both pick different superstars who had a run in wrestling, and maybe they were at a promotion that just didn't quite do enough with them or do the right thing by them. And if we would have booked them different, maybe their career or their trajectory of their career could have ended in a much different light. So, as always, Mr. Cage, I'll let you start us off, sir. Thank you, Kentucky Guy. I have uh, this
0: week a really good pick. He's someone who I was a huge fan of back in the late 90s and who I personally felt was done a major injustice when he made the jump over to the then WWF and later WWE. Just very underutilized, um, but a great talent nonetheless and worker, I'm talking about Mr. Perry Saturn, the master of the Death Valley Driver and the Rings of Saturn. Now, he was first most well-known for being one half of the Eliminators, popular tag team in ECW. They were multiple-time world tag team champions there, Perry Saturn and John Cronus. An absolutely dominant tag team. And I'm actually kind of surprised that both guys were not signed as a tag team by... WCW because Perry Saturn made the jump to WCW in 1997. At that point he became went on to become a multiple time World Television Champion. He was a multiple time tag team champion and just was booked to look very strong and really showcase his in-ring ability. Well what happened was in January of 2000, Perry Saturn, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko left WCW. They were frustrated by the booking and the backstage politics, and they decided to come to Greener Pastures, which, of, which at the time was the WWF, now WWE. And whereas Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit would go on to become world champions, and Dean Malenko would have some degree of success in the light heavyweight division, Perry Saturn only captured one European championship during his time in wwe now you could say well one title belt's better than none but what happened soon after was one of the biggest travesties i've ever seen in my entire life and he was basically turned into this comedy act this guy who had amnesia and he was talking to a mop as if it was a person and they would like draw a face on the mop and everything and they actually called the mop moppy get it it's funny um you know, some of these segments, while they were mildly amusing at times, were just uh, such an insult to people who were fans of Perry Saturn's work. And you want to talk about a guy who was a super reliable hand on, in the mid-card and even at different points in the main event. Perry Saturn, one of the best workers in the business. He did eventually part ways with WWE, and I know he had a very brief spell in TNA, I think around 2003. But that was pretty much the end of his in-ring career, and again, I want people to understand, I'm not suggesting Perry Saturn needed to be a world champion, but at least utilize him better in the WWF, whether it's going to be in the tag team division or in the singles division. Don't turn him into this joke of a person who gets amnesia and talks to a mop. I mean, I'm guessing that the reason they did this was because it was soon after the release of the Tom Hanks movie Castaway, where he talks to a uh, a soccer ball. So they thought, oh, this would be pretty funny if somebody talks to a mop. Well, not Perry Saturn. I'm sorry, too good of a wrestler. Just deserved so much better during his WWF run. And that's my fantasy booking for the week. Your thoughts, Kentucky guy?
1: Well, 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 well. So Perry Saturn. You know, he wasn't. He wasn't a. He wasn't a bad wrestler. I actually, <laughs> I actually enjoyed the mop bit, and I think it suited him. Uh, like you said, he's, he'll never be champion, and we can see why. And he was just weird, man. I think he really, really hurt himself by aligning himself with Raven for such a long period of time. And I really think that's why WWE, I mean, there was no push to give him. Really, and when you look at Crispin Wall, and yeah, we know what Crispin Wall did was unthinkable and horrible, and nobody even wants to mention his name. But, but you still have to admit that he was a phenomenal athlete. So, of course, he deserved a title around his waist. Don't get me wrong; if we knew he was, if we knew how it would end, there's no way in the world he would deserve anything. But as far as athleticism, and charisma, of course. Dean Malenko, the other gentleman you mentioned, the man of a thousand holds. Of course, he's going to wear gold. Look at these guys, and then look at Perry Saturn, the big ball-headed guy with the earring in his nose. He's just—he just—he was a misfit. And yeah, what do you do with misfits? Is you put them in line and uh, you make them, uh, you know, do the do the grunt work. And I—I I, I thought WWE used them. Better, probably better than I would have. He probably got more TV time than he would have got if I was in charge back then. Okay. So let's, uh, let's move on. I know you guys have been waiting for this, a real fantasy booking. Here we go. So my fantasy booking in this episode is none other than Nelson Scott Simpson. All right. Let's go. Wait a minute. Who, Kentucky guy, who's Nelson Scott Simpson? Oh. You would know him by his ring name, Nikita Koloff, the Russian Nightmare. So, Nikita Koloff, and what I what I'm going to get to on Nikita, I'm going to go over some of the things he did with the WCW who used him very well, very well. He actually started off as a football player as a defensive lineman. And on offense, he was an all-conference wide receiver. Now, at his high school, <laughs> He, there were other professional wrestlers who went to high school with them. You may know some of these names. This is, and this really, really, uh, interested me because I had no idea. They went to, uh, Robbinsdale, Robbins, Robbinsdale High School. Barry Darso, Brady Boone, Kurt Henning, John Nord, Rick Rude, and Tom Zink all went to high school and were fellow classmates of Nikita Koloff. In 1984, Simpson was going to try out for the USFL when Road Warrior Animal, a professional wrestler from the Minnesota area, called him to ask him to become a professional wrestler. Simpson decided to go with the, with wrestling and was told to shave his head, bald, and to show up. Jim Crockett Jr., the promoter of NWA's Jim Crockett Promotions, renamed him Nikita Koloff, the Russian Nightmare and teamed him with, quotes Uncle Ivan Koloff and Don Knoff, a turncoat American. Koloff was briefly trained by Eddie Sharkey. He debuted in June fifth, nineteen 1984, and won his first, first ever match in 13 seconds. Koloff went to great lengths to keep the evil Russian gimmick as realistic as possible. He learned Russian. He actually learned the language. He learned Russian and refused to come out of character even when he was away from the ring. In spring of 86, Poloff started one of the biggest, most anticipated feuds in the history of Jim Crockett's promotion when he attacked the NWA, United States Heavyweight Champion, Magnum T.A. Following an incident where Magnum T.A. hit on-screen NWA President Bob Gaggle for demanding an apology after T.A., started a brawl with Nikita during a contract signing, which started when the Koloffs berated Magnum's mother, who was present at ringside. T.A. was stripped of his title. The two were then booked in a best-of-seven series, which took place during the Great American Bass. This was back in 1986. The winner of that series would be declared champion. Koloff and T.A. wrestled all summer, ending up tied after six matches with no one contest. The final match took place on August 17th and featured run-ins by Kishof and Ivan and several false finishes. Nikita defeated uh, T.A. to win the title. The following month, Koloff defeated Wahoo McDaniels to unify his U.S. title with Wahoo's NWA National Heavyweight Championship. And that was on September 28th. So here we go. He actually, he started to... He actually started a few with Ronnie Garvin. I know some of these names you all probably never heard of. That went through the Starcade 86. Then the idea of a head booker, which was Dusty Rhodes, was for Kolov to reignite his feud with Magnum TA the following year. However, we know that Magnum TA had a career-ending accident. Dusty Rhodes sought an alternate opportunity. The Soviet premier Mikhail Gorbachev. Had been growing in popularity throughout the country with his political reform. The era of evil Russian heels was coming to an end. So Rhodes decided to strike now while the iron was hot, booking Koloff to become a face and his greatest ally against the Four Horsemen. So, in this luxurious career, this gentleman held the World Television title, the NWA World Television Championship. He held the National Heavyweight Championship, United States. He held the uh, tag team titles twice. He held the six man tag team titles four times. And the UF, in the UWF World Te- Television Championship, one time. So here is the whole purpose of having him in there. Because you guys are thinking, well, Kentucky guy, uh, sounds like he had a pretty good career there in WCW. He did. He did. However, WCW was bought out by the WWE. My question was, why did they not, why did the di- WWE ever hire him? Why was he not hired? This was a multi-time champion. A, he had the look. He had, he definitely had the following. He was right up there with, when WCW went out of business, he had as big a following as Sting or any of the other ones that came over. Booker T, what have you. So there's been a long-standing rumor that then the WWF offered Nikita a contract to become Hulk Hogan's main event opponent for WrestleMania 2 The rumor turned out to be false, as Nikita himself shot that down. He did admit, however, that he was offered an opportunity with the com- company when his friend, Barry Darso, joined the company. According to Nikita, Darso was told to try and convince Nikita to come up north with him and potentially form a tag team uh with so possibly as demolition. Boy, you see how boy things would have changed if he took him up on that. But he wasn't a tag team. This is a guy who went on to win world titles, single world titles after this. Nikita turned down the offer and the big payday to remain with Jim Crockett's promotion out of loyalty and the people who helped his career. Uh Nikita Koloff was never offered another shot to the WWE after that. Despite, and I did a little bit more digging because I've seen a lot of rumors on this, despite some people's belief, Nikita was never offered any sort of actual contract with the WWF. He met Vince McMahon only twice in his life. First time while working out in the gym in Las Vegas. They shook hands and said hello. And the second time was at Road Warrior Hawk's funeral. And that was it. There was never actually a contract. So, you had your feelings hurt because this guy didn't come over and be a part of the demolition, which by the way is going to go down as one of the greatest tag teams ever on the WWF. So, it worked out for you anyways, but no, you had your uh, you had your little belly hurt. So, therefore you never offer this guy a champion a contract to come and work for your company at a time he would have really fit in. Cause that was right after the attitude era when they WCW was purchased. He really would have, I think it was just a total waste, a total waste. He, he was inducted. I'm glad into the Lou Perez professional hall of fame of wrestling class. So I am glad that he did get some recognition. This guy, even on a little program like WCW, people know his name when you say it. And I think he could have made a major splash if Vince McMahon would have played his cards right after he purchased WCW. But once again, that ego, which is going to be the death of this guy, played a factor. Your thoughts, sir?
0: Well, I think this was a good pick this week, a Kentucky guy. Now, Nikita Koloff, his accolades, his achievements speak for themselves. He was a. He got into his character. He was dedicated to his character, and I admire that. It was you know during a time period when kayfabe was still a thing at the time. Um, he, uh, you know, I, I, you, you can question WCW's decision to want to book him as a face. I mean, obviously, after Magnum TA's accident, which ended his career, you needed to slot somebody in there to challenge Ric Flair at Starcade that year, because it likely would have been Magnum TA. So they turned him face, which, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really think he was the best baby face in the world, but they tried at least. Um, but one, there's one key, uh, factor in, uh, Nikita Koloff's career that you're, that you're forgetting Kentucky guys, that he briefly worked in the early nineties for Herb Abrams, UWF, which has gone since has gone down in history as one of the worst wrestling promotions ever created. Um, and that's a whole nother story in and of itself. Uh, but you know, why, why Nikita Koloff would turn down an offer from the WWF to later go to the UWF is just something that baffles me to this day. And I know he did eventually wind up back in WCW. He you he wound up back there in 1991, continued to work until the fall of 1992 until he also, he also, um, Injuries started to catch up with him as well, and I know he had to called a career soon after that. Um, but as far as your actual pick, no, there's no question. There are a lot of what-ifs. You know, what if he had gone to the WWF? I don't think he would have been the best guy to put in the demolition team. I, I would think he would continue with a gimmick that was similar to what he was doing in Jim Crockett promotions. But, uh, yeah, definitely some missteps when it comes to Nikita Koloff. But uh, I, I tell you, when he went to UWF, man, that was who that was a bad choice.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you when when he did go there, and that's kind of why I left that part out because there was really no. I mentioned that he was the television champion for uh, UWF, but that was uh, such a poorly ran company. It wasn't his fault, you know. I mean, you go you go where you see a window of opportunity. But now, when he was offered to go to WWF, he was. He was still with WCW. He hadn't left WCW. And he stayed out of loyalty to them. Now, the, he left WCW to go to the UWF over injury. They let him go or something. That happened. He'd already said no to the WWF, just to kind of put that in clarification. So it wasn't like he had he wasn't working anywhere, and he had UW, UFW and then WWF both offer him positions that wasn't the case at all when WWF came to him he was still working with WCW I just wanted to clarify that all right so now the next segment of the show let's get into uh, the wrestling news and rumors around the water cooler all right so the first two stories actually go together and I'm going to go ahead and read both of those Actually, the first three, but I'll just go over the first two first. That way, we don't unpack too much. And I really, I mean, I hate to start off the this segment of this with such bad news, but you know, it's a part of life. Uh, Jay Briscoe, he dies in a car crash at the age of thirty-eight. Uh, he had his two daughters with them. Drivers of both vehicles, they were both in truck. Uh, they died instantly. The next story was AEW, cordially was not allowed to do the Jay Briscoe tribute show on Dynamite. Let me read this real quick so it makes more sense. The wrestling world continues to remember Jay Briscoe following the news that he had passed away from a car accident. The police have confirmed that Briscoe and the driver of the other car involved uh, were two fatalities in the incident. His two daughters were in the car with him, At the time of the accident, Briscoe's wife confirmed on Facebook their 12-year-old daughter had undergone undergone surgery as a result of her injury. Wednesday's episode of AEW Dynamite featured a graphic at the start of the show, while many stars wore black armbands for their matches. However, it was not a tribute show like they had done for Brody Lee. While speaking on the Wrestling Observer Radio. Dave Meltzer noted AEW wasn't allowed by Warner Brothers Discovery to do a tribute show to Jay. And it all goes back to the homophobic tweets Jay sent out a decade ago, which, and I know this for a fact, he has apologized for those tweets several times over the years. But this is the reason why the Briscoes were never signed by AEW nor used on the AEW programming for Ring of Honor storylines because Warner Brothers' Discovery didn't want him used by All Elite Wrestling. Quote, if you watched tonight's show and you were expecting something, I know a lot of people were, something like the Brody Lee show, and obviously that didn't happen. There was basically a graphic at the start of the show and at the very end. There was a mention by Excalibur. A lot of guys had the armbands on, a lot of them but there was not any kind of big tribute because they were not allowed to do this. They filmed a one-hour show in Fresno tonight that will be on Honor Club. They will be doing another tribute show when they finally do the Ring of Honor television show. The first show will feature a lot of Jays matches, and a tribute show will as well when it's all put together. At Supercard of Honor in late March on WrestleMania weekend, there will also be a kind of memorial to Jay or something to honor him, Meltzer put in. And I think that's great. I think that's fantastic. I think that's horrible of Warner Brothers. Let me, let me, let me clarify my statement there. I think it's great that they're going to do this in March. I think it's great that they're going to honor this man as much as they can. He lived and breathed Ring of Honor. He was not one to jump ship. This tag team, him and his brother both, did not, they did not jump around. They went through many greats on Ring of Honor. I was a huge, I am a huge fan of the Briscoes. I actually picked them all three times to beat FTR and was glad that they did on the last one. And, and had, at least he had those titles once, uh, once this happened. But anyways, Warner Brothers, you guys, I I swear, I would just about boycott, but I don't know what kind of media, what all the shows you guys have. I just about boycott you over this. This is ridiculous. This man uh, has left his family, two little girls at 38 years old, and something that he tweeted out when he was younger. We were all, I was a punk when I was younger. Lord, I'm glad they didn't have Twitter back when I was young. It's untelling what you'd find on me. I was a punk. We all have, we, we all were young once and made stupid mistakes. But this man apologized several, several times over this. I remember seeing him. I followed him on Twitter. He apologized several times all over the place. This woke society, this Me Too movement absolutely makes me sick. And I'm going to leave it right there because I'm not going to get into it all and lose my cool but Warner Brothers Discovery, you've been uh, you've been put on notice. We will do everything we can to get you shut down if you continue doing this to our fan favorites, at least the good guys. This is one of the good ones. You never heard him out here smoking dope or doing drugs or anything. Yeah, he looked rough. That was his character. All right, sir, I'm off my soapbox. Your thoughts?
0: Well, let me just say I agreed with everything you said, Kentucky guy. Um, It's amazing how in society we have to constantly reference the fact that someone put out a controversial tweet a decade ago. There's so many of us, excuse me, myself included. We've done stuff in our lives. We've made mistakes, and we've apologized for them, and we've learned from our mistakes and been better people. Excuse me. And Jay Briscoe was no different. The one thing about him, he loved wrestling. He gave everything to Ring of Honor. Um, the Briscoes uh, I, uh, the Briscoes also at one point worked for Impact Wrestling. I'm actually kind of wondering if they're going to do any sort of tribute to uh, Jay Briscoe as well, if they haven't already. Um, but yeah, I mean, these guys were loyal to their company. They were great workers, seemed to be really well-liked by the guys in the locker room and the fan base. And all because he put out one tweet a decade ago that people that got people really upset. Oh well, we, we we just can't allow them on our on our TV program. We can't reference them either. Tribute show? No, that's that, that's totally out of the question. Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. I didn't know this guy. Um, you know, uh, uh, who we who we thought was a respected worker went home and uh, you know, like uh, killed his family and then took a, took his own life uh, at the end of it. Oh, wait, that that wasn't Jay Briscoe who did that. Anyway, let me get off my soapbox point that I'm just trying to make is I agree with you Kentucky guy um Warner Brothers discovery making the absolute wrong call here um but at least Ring of Honor gets to honor Jay Briscoe one of their uh, one of their true legends
1: yep 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 and uh it, it's just a, it's just a shame it, it just yeah uh so the next story like I said there was three that actually that actually tied in and this one the reason why I want to go over this real quick is because a lot of people don't really know. I see, let me put it this way. A lot of YouTube channels, a lot of them, and podcasts, unfortunately, they run with a story and they don't give you the actual facts. And I have seen so much false information, and it's a shame over Jay Briscoe's death that I decided to find the police report and Read it aloud, be, so everyone knows at least that listens to our show what the true what really happened. So the Delaware Street, uh, the Delaware State Police announced the following: State Police investigating the two vehicle fatal accident. The Delaware State Police are investigating uh, that occurred in Laurel and Laurel late yesterday afternoon, that resulted in the deaths of two people, January 17, twenty three, at approximately. 5.09 p.m., a 2019 Chevy uh, Silverado 1500 was traveling westbound on Laurel Road, just west of Goose Nest Road. At the same time, a 2016 Chevy Silverado 2500 was traveling eastbound on Laurel Road in the same vicinity. For unknown reasons, the driver of the Silverado 1500 pickup failed to remain in her length. This was the vehicle. So this, you know, I've heard alcohol and drugs. No, 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 no. This lady was in the opposite lane and hit Briscoe. This resulted in a head-on collision between the two pickup trucks in the eastbound lane. The driver of the Silverado 1500 identified as 27-year-old Lillianne of Frankford, Delaware. She was wearing her seatbelt. The driver of the Silverado 2500 was identified as 38 year old Jamin Pugh of Laurel, which is Jay Briscoe, uh, Laurel, Delaware. He was not wearing his seatbelt. Both drivers were pronounced dead at the scene. The two passengers and Pugh's pickup truck, identified as his 12 year old daughter and 9 year old daughter, were both probably restrained. Both girls were taken by ambulance to an area hospital and were admitted in critical condition. Alcohol involvement in this crash is 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 none, negative. No other vehicles were involved in this collision. The roadway was closed for approximately four hours while the scene was investigated and cleared. The Delaware State Police Trooper 7 Collision Restruction Unit continues to investigate the incident. Troopers are asking anyone who witnessed this collision to please contact them. Sergeant Jay Burns, by calling. And I'm going to give this number out because I know we have people in Delaware that listen to the show. And that's 302-703-3269. 302-703-3269. And from my understanding, they're wanting to find out about the, the female driver. They still don't understand why she was in the wrong side of the road. I'm not going to pass any judgment. I have no idea. I wasn't there. All I know is it's a horrible thing. And two people lost their lives, and both of them were very young age, and that's really sad. Uh, any thoughts on this uh, report, sir? Uh, no, I mean it's
0: it's a tragedy any way you look at it.
1: Um, regardless
0: of who was at fault, I mean two people lost their lives, and at least one additional person was seriously hurt in the crash. And you know, it's you know we always encourage I always encourage people to be as safe as they can when they drive. But obviously, I mean accidents happen. That's the, that's one of the unfortunate things in life. And but it's important that the facts be shared so that people stop trying to draw their own conclusions. Like you said, neither driver was inebriated in any way. This was a sheer
1: accident. Plain and simple. Yeah. And I say it all the time. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. It's just a part of it. OK, so let's uh let's move on. By the way, keep this family, folks. I know this is a wrestling podcast, but it doesn't matter. We're still humans. Keep this family. If you pray, keep them in, in your prayers. Uh, I, I couldn't Im- imagine that his wife losing her husband and both her kids uh, laid up in the hospital at the same time. I, I couldn't even couldn't even imagine that. So, all right. So let's move on to the next story. The next story. The he- next headline. Uh, Kevin Nash issues a statement after a recent podcast comments the wwe hall of famer kevin ash took to twitter this afternoon to calm everyone who is concerned after his comments on his podcast a previously noted kevin spoke about it being 12 weeks since his son tristan's passing and he made the reference to thoughts about putting a gun in his mouth and leaving a note thankfully all is well and tmz reported today that police went to his home for a wellness check. Nash tweeted, Everyone, take a breath. Let's not take my biggest coping mechanism, sarcasm, and blow it out of proportion. I appreciate the concern and the fact that others find it a perfect time for insults. Continue to get your updates on TMZ and Wrestling sites. I've got legs to train today. So, that was pretty, I remember when that statement came out, I'll have to be honest. I'm glad they went and did the police went and did a wellness check on him because there's more to that conversation. His co-host said, "Man, I know you own guns and you can't uh, you can't be saying stuff like that or something." And I remember Kevin Ash actually cursing him, and I won't I won't repeat any of that stuff. But anyways, I am glad that they actually did do a wellness check on him. You have you know when you have a any type of influence on podcasts, social medias, you have to really think hard before you say something. Yes. And I don't know what he means about the others for to find it a perfect time for insults, but how dare you? This man lost his kid, his son twelve weeks ago. He's he's got a right to mourn. He needs to watch he needs to watch how he says things, but don't be insulting him you should get up behind them and make them try to make them feel a little bit better and forget this nonsense. And normally what I found is when someone says something like that normally they're uh, they're not nowhere near doing anything to themselves normally because they don't really most of your people who hurt themselves they really don't talk about it to anyone they don't get out and broadcast it on podcast or television or anything of that nature. Okay sir your thoughts. Well, once again, you know, Kevin Nash
0: has a pretty popular podcast and I'm sure has a lot of listeners. Um obviously he's a really well-known figure in the wrestling world. You know, when he made these comments, could have just been caught up in the moment and slip of the tongue could be could be anything. I for one also I'm glad that a wellness check was done just to make sure that everything was was okay with him because like you said, he just lost his son a very short while ago. It's going to take a long time to recover from that. Some people never recover from that type of loss. So, and as far as him saying, oh, people are going to make jokes, I don't know if he was referencing, like, his last section of the tweet where he says, oh, I've got legs to train, and that somebody might make a joke about, like, oh, don't tear your quad, uh, train those legs, Kevin, or something along those lines, because that's been a running joke for many years about Nash tearing his quad. Um, He said... uh
1: but now's not... He, he actually said insult.
0: Well, that's what I mean. It, 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 because it, because if, he, if somebody... I'm saying if somebody made an inappropriate joke like that right now, that would be... I would take it as an insult. Because it's like... I would be like, dude, what's, what's wrong with you? Like, I just lost my kid. And, you know, I'm just commenting to let people know I'm perfectly fine. And I'm not going to b- believe all the rumors on the internet. Yeah, I mean, people just... It's a cruel world we live in. And people can't keep their mouths shut, unfortunately.
1: Right. And I, I want to read that statement that he said there real quick to you again just to make sure that we all understand. Because it sounds like he's already it he's not preparing himself for insults over this tweet but beforehand because it says I appreciate the concern and the fact that others find it a perfect time for insults. Continue to get your updates on TMZ and wrestling sites. So I just, it kind of sounds, and I may be wrong, and you can correct me if I am, but it sounds like he's already getting, like, pros have already been in his DM before he put out this tweet. Your thoughts?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it sounds exactly like that. So probably just his way of saying, you know, I know that people who enjoy insulting me are, are, you know, already are going to continue to do so, and I'm just going to continue to ignore them because I'm a better man and I don't have time to waste. During my day, um, getting all upset about every insult that somebody throws my way.
1: Yep, and that's the best way—the best way to handle it. The best way to handle folks, and you know, unfortunately, we live in a world where bullying is a is a true thing that happens on a daily basis, and not just the little kids. When you think, or you, used, or at least I used to think, when I mentioned bullying somebody being, you know, a bully, pushing someone around, I always thought about like a kid, you know, at high school or elementary school. However, we have so many keyboard trolls, I call them out there, that try to bully people if you have a different opinion. I mean, I, I am a God-fearing man. I do everything I can for my community, my church, my family, but I cannot use my real name on this platform or any other platform because I have strong political beliefs. Therefore, I have actually received death threats. Retarded. Retarded. I'm just a normal guy. So imagine being a celebrity like Kevin Nash. I could only imagine what he has to put up with. I I just couldn't even imagine it. Okay, let's move on to the uh, next headline. The WWE is more than pleased with surprises planned for the Royal Rumble, interesting. Let's see. There's been a lot of chatter on social media this week about the WWE's decision to have Cody Rhodes announced as a Royal Rumble entry instead of having him show up as a surprise. Many expect a Rumble return, so it returned. So it made sense to announce him before the show because it's another selling point. But there's there are. Surprise planned, and apparently WWE management is very happy with the names they planned to be there. Wrestling Votes, an insider who has broken many WWE scoops in the past, reports that the company is, quote, once again, more than pleased with the surprises they have lined up. The full tweet says, Ask the source the reasoning behind Cody's Rumble return being announced as opposed to a surprise. Source said it's twofold. One, being that nearly everyone expected it to happen already, and two, sources said that they are, once again, more than pleased with the other surprises lined up. A fight broke out after WWE Raw went on the air. That leaves the question, who do they have lined up? There aren't many big names available. Goldberg is an option, but fans have seen him On TV so much over the last few years. And John Cena recently appeared on SmackDown. Logan Paul may be a big deal to some. But wrestling fans are used to seeing him as well. Pat McAfee is a possibility. And the big name that everyone is wondering about is The Rock. The Bloodline Appreciation Ceremony happens this Monday at Raw. Raw 30th. And the WrestleMania hype is starting, so anything is possible. Now, before I move on from this, because I know that there's there's some in there, quite to unpack, let me go down to, because there was one other story that actually had me ties into this, and I didn't realize it. So, the Rock speculations ramp up, and this, this actually was not a headline. This was something that I found out, and <laughs> I actually wrote this. So, the WWE Universe continues to ask, Will The Rock enter the Royal Rumble or will The Rock be at the 30th year celebration for Raw? WWE is fueling these speculations. This week, they released a new, they released several new Rock merchandise. Also on their Twitter, they posted the greatest Rumble matches and had The Rock as a thumbnail. Surely we will see him at one or the other. And if he does show up, at the Raw 30th show, will he acknowledge Roman Reigns? There you go, sir. I'll turn it over to you. That, the last part's just my question that I'm trying to figure out, kind of thinking out loud. Well, I'm always excited for the upcoming Royal Rumble because you never are
0: 100% certain who's going to win the Rumble match. Um, I'm sure uh, in one of our next episodes, we'll give our official predictions. But, um, you know, it's it, it's a fun time of year. It's a somewhat unpredictable time of the year as well and announcing a person like Cody Rhodes in advance i think is smart from a marketing perspective you're going you're going to get more people to tune into the premium live event and dropping all these rock hints my opinion of that is if he's actually going to compete at wrestlemania then th- this is a smart thing to do but if you're just wetting people's appetite and getting them talking and that's all you're doing then, then it's all for nothing. It's it's kind of a waste, to be perfectly honest. Um, in my personal opinion, if The Rock appears on WWE TV, if he's live either at Raw or at the Royal Rumble, I, I think he's definitely going to have some sort of interaction with Roman Reigns. Um, will yeah, that, will so I, he
1: acknowledge him as the Tribal Chief?
0: Will he acknowledge him as the Tribal Chief? So... You're saying that Roman Reigns is the actual tribal chief? Is, is that what you're saying?
1: Heck yeah, he is. And the Rock. It doesn't matter what you're saying. I'll tell you one thing: if The Rock doesn't acknowledge him, Roman Reigns is going to slap those goofy sunglasses off his face. Sorry for interrupting. Go ahead.
0: And I think The Rock w- at that point would rock bottom Roman Reigns from here all the way all the way back to Samoa. To be perfectly honest.
1: So let me get this straight. On a one-on-one match, you think that The Rock, this old man, can beat Roman Reigns? Is that what you're saying? Old man.
0: The the Rock is more ripped now than when he was a wrestler. I mean, he he almost looks like he could break uh, Roman Reigns in half with that physique that he's got right now. Steroids.
1: It's steroids. Joe, Joe Rogan, on his podcast, even called him out for using steroids, and The Rock tries to come back at Joe and say that he was jealous steroid the rock found the juice well it's
0: it's fun to talk about one way or another kentucky guy um i don't i personally don't see the rock ever acknowledging roman reigns as the head of the table unless roman reigns were to beat him in the middle of the ring one two three which we could potentially see at wrestlemania this year
1: yeah it'll be interesting i uh i i have to believe that he's going to be on raw and the only reason why i think that and this isn't this isn't from any sources or anything of that nature, because Rikishi is supposed to be there. The Samoans, who already acknowledge Roman Reigns is supposed to be there. I think we're going it, to, it'll be very interesting to see how this story develops starting on Monday. I, I kind of can't wait for Monday. <laughs> I think we're all going to be super, super good. But uh, yeah, it is, uh, and you're right, it is fun to talk about. And, uh, I mean, you know, you know, I'm not really mad, but I don't, I I mean, how dare you saying that the rock beat Roman Reigns? That's just crazy. I mean, you, you know, I just, I just think you're on drugs. I don't know. All right. So let's move on to the next headline. Ronda Rousey no longer advertised for the WWE Raw 30th anniversary show. A top WWE star is no longer advertised for the Raw 30th Anniversary show in Philadelphia. Sometime within the last 24 hours, by the way, I got this news yesterday, so it was 48 hours ago now, Ronda Rousey was removed from the Raw 30th Anniversary section from WWE.com. As of this writing, the names advertised for the show are the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, Bobby Lashley, Bailey, Seth Rollins, or he's already on there, and Austin Theory. There's no word for why Rousley was pulled, but there's always the chance that plans could change and she could be added back to the show. Expect some returning faces on the show as well. And I personally I, I can't wait until this 30th anniversary. And I hope it doesn't let me down. It just sounds like there's going to be so many surprises. And it should. I mean, it's right there. It's seven days or less than uh, five days before the Royal Rumble. And I think the Royal Rumble's, uh, you know, every pay-per-view, every pay-per-view since Triple H has had 100% control of creative has been great. Has been great. Not just good, great. And I think that the Royal Rumble may be the icing on the cake. So I'm looking forward to it. Your thoughts?
0: Well, I agree with you. I hope Raw, the 30th anniversary of Raw doesn't let us down. Because I was very um, let down when they did the 25th anniversary of Raw a few years back. Uh, you know, other than the nostalgia of them having a few matches at the old, uh, the original venue for Monday Night Raw. I, there wasn't really anything special about it. There were a couple of appearances, but I, I wasn't blown away by anything that happened. It's almost like they put storylines completely on hold for the night. And, it, and and that's the thing. It's like, yes, you could have the stuff that's a, a tribute. You could have wrestlers come back. You could have interesting promo segments. But you've still got to build towards your upcoming premium live event, the Royal Rumble, which is one of the biggest events of the year. So I hope that there's still some storyline progression and that this isn't just a trip down nostalgia lane.
1: And I agree. The one good thing though, that I have noticed due to triple H and the change, let's be honest, is that they do normally here lately, even when he had his buddies on there, DX, the DX reunion or whatever that was, they didn't break storylines and they kept building on storylines actually. So, yeah, I, I'm in agreement. I hope they don't get away from that. I know the uh, their competitor, AEW, is horrible when it comes to storylines and keeping everything in check. However, Triple H, I, I, I'm pretty confident so far what we've seen. So Okay, let's uh, move on to the next headline. <laughs> Devon Dudley announces he is no longer working for the WWE. After retiring from in-ring action, the former WWE Tag Team Champion worked as a producer for the company starting in 2016 in recent years. He has worked as also the NXT trainer. In a statement, he thanked Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, and Vince McMahon. Quote, the company, WWE, and I have decided to part ways and feel this is best the best decision for all parties. It's been a pleasure. And an honor to work with the young talent, when Bubba, as well as everyone over in NXT, as well as working with some of the best producers in the world, would make what I would like to thank Vince, Triple H, Stephanie, and my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for the opportunity that was given. I'm very excited to see where God brings me next. Oh, my brother, testify, which is something he said when he was in character. So, huh? You know, there's so much going on on the back end, I feel that we just don't know. They're just not telling us. You have Stephanie resigning. Now, Devon's gone. Vince McMahon holding on with both hands as tight as he can. Haven't heard anything about the sale. By the way, by the way, there is a rumor going around that Vince McMahon is being sued by Triple H and Stephanie McMahon to block the cell of the wwe i did some research i did a lot of digging that is untrue i don't care how many youtube videos out there are saying it's true as of right now that is untrue do not misunderstand me triple h and stephanie mcmahon are not for vince mcmahon selling the wwe however they have no leg legal leg to stand on to sue him so whoever came up with that really isn't very bright because they have nothing no breach of contract nothing of that nature yes they're at odds of course they are it's family of course they're at odds but as far as a lawsuit that is null and void there's nothing like that and as far as i understand there's not even been really talks like that so i don't know anyway sir
0: your thoughts yeah, honestly, I wouldn't read too deeply into Devon Dudley leaving his position as a producer with WWE. Sometimes, you know, people in the industry just need a break; they need a little recharge. Um, I'm pretty sure they, that 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 uh, he and Bubba Ray still have the Team 3D Wrestling Academy, so I'm sure he's involved with that still. And I mean, his in ring days are over at this point. I know, Bubba uh, I know uh, Bubba Ray still wrestling in impact wrestling. But Devon is at the point now where he's not going to get back into the ring. At least not that I'm aware of. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he said he was, he was done wrestling. Um, and you know, maybe he just wants to spend a little bit more time with family and not be on the road all the time or over at, uh, NXT. I think he deserves a break. It's a, it's, it's, well, it's well earned at this point. Um, and yes, and you are right. I, based on everything I've read, there is zero to Stephanie McMahon and triple H trying to sue Vince McMahon to block the sale of the WWE. They based on everything I've read, they're not particularly in favor of it, but like you said, there's not any real legal room that they have to stand on to try to do anything about it. Vince is still majority shareholder, so basically whatever he decides goes.
1: You're you're absolutely right. And the way their contracts are built, which Stephanie McMahon, she's already resigned. So So here's the thing, and it's not me, but I do have some buddies that are legal guys who lawyers and and what have you. Trust me, it's not me. However, if they were to put a lawsuit to block a cell, all of Stephanie McMahon's weight is gone because she voluntarily resigned from the company, is what I was told by a buddy of mine. So, and that sounds right to me. Here we go. Next headline. Gunther, quote, "If I get a chance to get in the ring with Brock Lesnar, I will gladly take that and prove myself." The WWE Intercontinental Champion Gunther was interviewed on the Battleground podcast to talk about his feud with Sheamus, the title he uh, would like to bring back, and other topics. Gunther gave his thoughts on Sheamus. Quote, "I think for myself personally, I think Sheamus is a fantastic opponent because I always like matches when it's a bit more scrappy. It makes it a little bit more authentic, as well as I think Sheamus brings a fantastic energy and physicality that I bring as well. I think I think we do really well together in the ring. The matches I had with him this year, well, last year, it's January already, were some of the favorite ones of my career. And I hope we do it again question if you would like to have a match with Brock Lesnar at Wrestlemania quote definitely that's like to get the opportunity to prove myself in that scenario would be fantastic when I started out as a wrestler and I got back into watching wrestling again I always watch Brock's matches because they they've been fantastic it was a standout right away there's nobody like him. I always like those characters. He always he's always been a great wrestler and from when I grew older in my career and I was able to analyze the work and understand the, f- the psychology, psychology and stuff like that, I think you can tell that he's one of the best to ever do it. So if I get a chance to get in the ring with him, I will gladly take that chance to prove myself. I think that's a pretty big statement. Uh, and excuse me for the way it's read. It just you can tell this guy's his first language is in English because <laughs> they wrote this. Evidently, whoever wrote this wrote it exactly how he said it. Anywho, I'm here for that. I'd like to see that match. I, I'd hate to wait all the way to WrestleMania, but let's do it. Let's do it. I, I'm here for it. I just can't. What I don't understand—talk about leaving something like just gone—is the Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. I think there's still unfinished business there the way that match ended, but they don't even mention it anymore. So it, it, that kind of, that's kind of odd to me. So I don't know what we'll see there. Your thoughts?
0: I'm definitely there for a Gunther-Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania if it does end up happening. And I did hear a rumor a while back that it was potentially on the cards. It had been talked about at least. I do agree that they're, they have to wrap up the Brock Lesnar-Bobby Lashley storyline at some point. It, that doesn't have to happen, though, like going into WrestleMania. It can happen post-WrestleMania. Um, th- th- there's plenty of time to revisit that storyline. Um, but Gunther Brock Lesnar, that's a matchup that deserves the biggest stage imaginable. And in this case, it would be WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that would be a uh, great match. Of course, you never know because... You never know where it's going to happen because look at Braun Strowman. I wouldn't have thought that they would have had their match on a regular SmackDown, and they did, and Braun Strowman lost fair and square. And now he's looking at the Royal Rumble. If you can't beat the Intercontinental Champion, why in the world would you go after the Tribal Chief? doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Next headline. Vince McMahon. Reaches a multi-million dollar legal settlement with Rita uh, Chatterton, who accused him of rape. The Wall Street Journal's Joe Pelosi is reporting that the WWE chairman Vince McMahon has reached a settlement with the former referee uh, Rita Chatterton. The story notes that Chatterton agreed to pay a lesser lesser amount than what she was asking, but she will be getting but what she will be getting is in the millions of dollars, according to people familiar with the matter. Quote, Mr. McMahon denies and always has denied raping Miss Chatterton, and he settled the case solely to avoid the cost of litigation. McMahon's attorney, Jerry DeVitt, said in a statement to the Wall Street Journal, Chatterton's lawyer, John Clune, declined to comment on the matter, and the WWE has not responded to a request for is. Comment- either chatterton alleged that she was raped by mr mcmahon in the back of a limousine in 1986 she did not go public with the story until 1992 because of her parents being ill health but she spoke on gerardo rivera's show after her parents passed away the allegations were later backed up by a former wwf wrestler mario mancini he stated on his podcast that Charlton told her, Charlton told her about what Vince McMahon allegedly did to her on the day after the alleged incident. So it looks like Vince McMahon is doing what he always does when troubles come and he's throwing money at it. And I really don't want to go off on a tangent on this because uh, I think this this man is he's sick and he needs help, and I don't understand how Linda McMahon stays with him. No wonder, no wonder his daughter can't work with him. How could you work with your father knowing, because Linda McMahon is Stephanie's mom and she's still alive, knowing what he has done to your mom more than once over the years. Yeah, your thoughts? Like
0: you said, Kentucky guy, Vince McMahon's solution with any controversies is to just throw money at it. Um, I and mean, again, I, I don't have a real lot to say about this because it's, it's been well publicized at this point. Um, you know, it's, uh, I have heard stories that Vince McMahon and Linda have actually been living apart for a number of years, but again, they've never gone through like a, a formal legal separation or divorce or anything like that. Who knows how much of a legal headache that would be for both parties. But, um, yeah, I mean, when, when you, when you see all these allegations come up, especially within such a short span of time. You know, and you and you have to w- still work with Vince McMahon. It's like, you know, h- how much longer are, are we going to have to put up with this? How much longer is the company going to have to put up with this? At what point do we say enough is enough and y- 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 you know, let's m- let's move past all of this. Um, and it could have all been kind of avoided had Vince not reinserted himself back into the WWE fold. He should have just taken his retirement and and honestly, just just lived a, a low-key life for the remainder of his days. But Vince McMahon can't do that. He always has to be in the public eye in some form or another. And I don't think it's the right move on his part.
1: Yeah, and just to caveat off that, you're right. He should have stayed in retirement. And I really don't know. I, I really don't know if him being back in the company, on the board, if that really, I don't know. I don't see how much that's going to help the sell of the company because he has this, he brings this big dark cloud with him of these allegations and stories accumulated over several, several years. And that, that's what their excuse has been him coming back was to help promote and sell the company. I just don't know. I think they might've had a better shot with uh con and Stephanie McMahon trying to do this. If they're serious about selling the company, I just don't think, uh, you know, I, I I grew up around business all my life, and people don't like controversy. Not when they're looking to spend that kind of money, billions of dollars, on a company. They don't want any controversy hooked to it. That's why if the WWE is sold, I do not think, I don't care what they say, I don't think Vince McMahon is going to have a role with the company. I know Tony Khan said that they'd be open to it, but I'm sure in the, behind the scenes, his lawyers told him, you're nuts. We don't want this guy. This guy's a walking liability. Okay, next headline. So this is a very interesting one to me, and I've got some questions on this. Matt Cardona this week trademarks the name Zack Ryder. Matt Cardona trademarked the name Zack Ryder earlier this week This is odd to me that since he's been gone from WWE since April of 2020. So why now? Why is he trademarking Zack Ryder? Will he be making a special appearance at the Royal Rumble? Or since the name had never been trademarked, was he just afraid someone else was going to take ownership of it? I just think it comes at a very odd time. I know that Chelsea Green, his wife, in real life, is supposedly be- signed with the wwe and they're just waiting to bring her out now we're going to find out in a week if she really has signed with the wwe because i don't believe everything i read because there's so many false reports that i've done after fact checking things I don't believe everything unless it comes from the wwe Well, we're going to find out because if they signed her she's going to be in the women's royal rumble you can bank on it if she's signed to the company She's going to be in the Women's Royal Rumble. So we're going to find out exactly what's going on with Chelsea Green. Now, Matt Cardona, I don't believe he signed with the WWE, but we all know that they do bring performers from other, I mean, shoot, Mickey James wore the Impact title, the Knockouts title last year to the female Royal Rumble. So Matt Cardona could possibly be a part of the Royal Rumble. I don't know. These are the questions I've got. Uh, your thoughts, sir? Well, I, I also heard the story, um, and and again,
0: still take it as a rumor, but apparently it's a very strong rumor that Chelsea Green signed with WWE. I should say re-signed, um, because she used to work for them a couple years back as well. Um, so yeah, I think she's a very likely entry into the Women's Royal Rumble. And as far as Zach Ryder goes, it is a little curious to hear that he trademarked that name this week. Even though he's been going by Matt Cardona in every promotion he's worked for since leaving the WWE, so could we potentially see a Royal Rumble appearance at the very least from him? It could happen. Has he talked about re-signing with the company? Also a possibility. We don't know this for a fact, but when when we turn on the Royal Rumble uh, next <laughs> next Saturday, uh, we're I think we're going to be in for some uh, some interesting
1: surprises. I agree. I agree. By the way, we haven't had a chance to talk to see if we were going to be able to do a live stream or not. We need to probably figure that out. <laughs> so, uh, I don't. Well, here, here's my thing. The Zack Ryder name. They, You know, he was one of my fantasy booking guys when we first started doing those. And they really did not use this guy to his full potential and kind of made a joke out of him. He was the Internet champion and, and what have you. I think that it'd be a mistake if he did, if he was to come back to bring him back under that name because that stigma may stick with him. Now, that's just my thoughts, but, uh, Matt Cardona has done a lot, a lot on the independent scene since he's been gone from WWE. Okay. So we have, uh, one more. Yeah. One more headline. <laughs> Top AEW star may be getting a character change. Matt Hardy has reinvented himself various times throughout his pro wrestling career with several gimmicks, including his broken character. The AEW star has teased bringing back the gimmick after dropping it in 2021 in a favor of his big-money Matt persona, and later started teaming with his brother Jeff in AEW. Hardy first started doing the gimmick in Impact Wrestling in 2016 before portraying it in 2017 while in the wwe hardy has been broken in AEW before as he portrayed the gimmick when he first debuted in the company with the gimmick back in march of 2020 during the latest episode of being the elite matt briefly transformed into his broken persona before the screen goes black he he was seen with gray hair and a sleeveless coat okay so here's the thing here's the thing Matt Hardy, it's time for him to retire. I mean, I I just, dude, enough's enough. (laughs) Let's, uh, let's do this here. Let me see. Give me just a second, folks. Yeah, I think that, uh, I don't think that he needs to redo his gimmick. And, you know, here's some, uh, talk about somebody that reinvents himself and has done a masterful job over the years is chris jericho and he doesn't go back to an old gimmick he creates new one that's reinventing yourself reinventing yourself is not going back to a character that you dropped two years ago your thoughts sir kentucky guy i knew
0: i knew i said as soon as we talked about matt hardy reinventing his character i said he is going to pull the the chris jericho card and and he and you did not disappoint so thank you for that but let me let me just say that if Matt if it's time for Matt Hardy to retire, then it's also time for Chris Jericho to retire. Because as great as he still looks in the ring, there's just so much up and coming talent in AEW, and they are all about building towards the future. And I'm sorry, but Chris Jericho is not the future. And you can make an argument that uh, that uh, Matt Hardy is not uh, the future either. So that's fine. I'm okay with Matt Hardy still being an on-camera character but um i don't know i just there are certain guys and matt hardy's one of them chris jericho's another one i mean guys you gotta you gotta call a day at some point so that's that's just my thoughts uh that all right matt hardy's gonna retire well so does chris jericho
1: (laughs) chris jericho and matt hardy my friend are not even on the same playing field are you kidding me are you kidding me Chris Jericho is the GOAT. My, my, my. Uh. <laughs> yeah. All right, sir. So, yeah, so there was so much wrestling news that that is actually all I have. I know we normally go over results for Dynamite and Raw and what have you, but nothing major happened on either show. The only thing that happened was Uncle Howdy came out, and he actually kind of assist, assisted Alexa Bliss when Bianca Belair was getting ready to put her through chairs however that was it there was really no no real upset or anything like that that i've seen i know that almost come out to help Bobby Lashley during the match with MVP so i know they're still playing that role as far as the hurt business possibly getting together but yeah that's uh that's all i have for this episode sir How about you? Just as a quick follow up to that, I'm glad
0: you you mentioned uh, Almas coming out to help Bobby Lashley. Even if they didn't reform the entire hurt business with Shelton Benjamin and um, Cedric Alexander, I could still see Bobby Lashley and Almas being a dominant tag team with MVP as their mouthpiece. And and right now, the tag team division in the WWE needs a real shot in the arm, in my opinion. Other than the fact that you still have the Usos as the champions. The tag team division needs a shot in the arm.
1: Yeah, and let's just talk about Raw for just a moment. Real quick, this new Raw. Becky Lynch is going to battle Bayley in a steel cage match. The Bloodline will have also have an acknowledgement ceremony. The Usos are going to defend their titles against Judgment Day on Raw. That's their Raw tag team titles, by the way. WWE Legends, that'll be in attendance. The graphic shows The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, Road dog, Xbox, Ron Simmons, the Bella twins, Kurt Angle, Jerry the King lawyer, and Teddy Long. Finally, Austin Therry will also put his United States championship on the line against the winners, uh, main event tonight, which was Bobby Lashley. So that should be, that's a packed show right there. And that's, and we are on Friday. <laughs> and they could still add more, so. All right, sir, uh, anything else before we go?
0: I'm just going to give you my official prediction for uh, for the Raw Tag Team title match, which is, as much as I hate to say this because they have been just on fire, an amazing tag team, this could potentially be the night that the Usos Raw Tag Team title run comes to an end. So I'm predicting that Judgment Day is going to capture the tag team titles.
1: Wow, I'm glad we're in the show because you're drunk. You're drunk. you got to be. Going to keep these titles this long to lose them against Dominic Mysterio? (laughs) Your son. You need sober. I I tell you what. I'm going to start doing drug tests on this podcast show. Something's up. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. All right, folks. So you've been listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. With your co-host is Donnie Cage and the Kentucky Guy. Hey, folks, hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. We will have our predictions for the Royal Rumble soon, and we'll do a special episode with that. But thank you all, and as always, God bless and God bless America.